millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. 
now. NobleGoldInvestments.com Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Hello, everyone. Great to be live with you. Uh, we just wrapped up watching the Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin interview, and we're going to show you guys a recap. Elizabeth Lane and I. Now, Elizabeth is from Eastern Europe, from Georgia, so she has good insight on this topic as well. This interview began with a long diatribe by Vladimir Putin in regards to the backstory of Russia and who owned what land and Tucker Carlson felt that Vladimir Putin was filibustering and he didn't know why he was blabbering on about the 1600s when Tucker's question was about the current war. But Tucker says he feels that Vladimir Putin was actually being sincere and trying to help people of the West understand the conflict out there. Putin was saying that 1654 was a key time when they decided to include the parts of old Russian land into Russia and the war with Poland started, but a peace treaty was signed, sending the Kiev area to Russia's ownership. This all lasted until the revolution, which was World War One, I, I believe. Putin's going on and on about what happened in the 1600s and how Kiev, Ukraine area became Russian at that point. He went on to say that after victory in the Great Patriotic War, aka World War II, Russians called World War II the Great Patriotic War. So Russia, US, other nations beat off the Nazis at that time. After that, the Ukrainian territory went to Russia and eastern lands of Germany became western parts of Poland. That's how the territories were broken up at that point. Elizabeth Lane just got on. Let's bring her on. Elizabeth, thank you for joining me. Oh, just course. finished up the recap as well. Just finished up the, uh, watching the interview. What an interview that was. I'm just like, my mind's blown. I mean, I, I expected it to be great. I did. But it was just amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. So Elizabeth's a huge Putin fan. I'm not. So you guys are going to get I'm both not a takes. Putin fan. I just say that you he, are. He's <laughs> the one, he listen. He's one of the best leaders in the world. Argue. Exactly. That's her feeling. It's not mine. So um, okay. Factually true. Factually true. Just saying. Uh huh. So I wanted to play a couple key clips. I I highlighted key time oh. codes from Tucker's interview. Did you manage and- to? entire interview in like such a short time i well i didn't catch the very end in order because it's over two hours long so in order to start this live stream on time i didn't Mm -hmm. catch the very end but uh here's a key part from tucker's interview in which tucker asks why didn't you make the case this whole case about the borders Mm -hmm. 22 years ago he's trying to nail down why on earth putin would decide to start this war in 2022 instead of year 2000 when he took power. Um, so no, no, no. I, I don't think that's correct. Sorry, I have to get in there and say he's trying to figure out why didn't Putin attack in 2014. That's what he's trying to do. When Putin took well, power, in this particular thing, he says, "Why didn't you do this 22 years ago?" Because Putin became president in 2000. Here, here it is. Okay. You obviously have encyclopedic knowledge of this region, but why didn't you make this case for the first 22 years as president that Ukraine wasn't a real country? 
Да, итак, итак, значит, Советская Украина получила... The Soviet Union was given a great deal of territory that had never belonged to it, including the Black Sea region. At some point, when Russia received them as an outcome of the Russo-Turkish Wars, they were called New Russia or Novorossiya. But that does not matter. What matters is that Lenin, the founder of the Soviet state, established Ukraine that way. For decades, the Ukrainian Soviet Republic developed as part of the USSR. And for unknown reasons, again, the Bolsheviks were engaged in Ukrainianization. It was... Okay, really quick, before we get your reaction, Elizabeth, I have to get, I have to shout out the sponsor of my co- coverage, National Gold Group, keeping me independent. Uh, gold has soared past 2100 an ounce in 2023. Donald Trump recently warned the U.S. dollar lo- no longer being the world standard will be the greatest defeat in 200 years of our country. And they actually talked about the U.S. dollar in this interview today. Now, military conflicts in Israel, Ukraine, Yemen, plus rate cuts on the table are fueling gold's meteoric rise. Several major banks are also forecasting sizable rate cuts in an election year. Uh, some say that this is Biden's Hail Mary attempt to keep the White House. Meanwhile, our national debt is skyrocketing higher. There's a direct correlation to the national debt and the price of gold. In 20, uh, 2020, the U.S. debt was $23 trillion and 15 100 an ounce for gold. Then in 2023, U.S. debt jumps to 33 trillion and gold is over 2,000 an ounce. So why are so many Americans adding physical gold and silver to their portfolios and retirement plans? Learn why. Call America's own precious metals company, the National Gold Group today. Mention my channel. Ivory Hecker, you always get best in class service from America's conservative precious metals leader. National Gold Group has the IRA fee waiver program on qualifying rollovers. Call 888 Get a free investor guide today. Link down in description. National Gold Group is a consumer affairs top-rated top IRA dealer. 888-617-5927. Okay, so Elizabeth, uh, what is your reaction to what they're saying there as far as waiting uh, until... Why did Putin wait until... Biden took power. It's very simple because he was because of what he said. He said that Ukraine was given these territories out of good heart and gratitude because they were brothers. They considered themselves as one nation. So when and he also explained for unknown reasons, Lenin decided to give central kind of governing power to the states where it was just unlogical to do so, but he did it anyway, which I have an answer to why and also have an answer to why Putin mentioned this in this interview. But to go back to what he said, he actually answered pretty clearly that it was because they considered themselves as one nation. So there was no point in arguing. No one saw America getting involved in Ukraine, paying off people and poisoning people against their own brothers. No one saw it in like 20 something years. So they thought that if Ukraine wanted to have a centralized government for themselves, like, fine, as long as we are brotherly nations and we are working together, we can actually delegate power in two different centers, in Moscow, in Ukraine, in Kiev, and 
you know, form a good partnership, which was the case for a while until the U.S. got involved, until the Britain and U.S. got involved. I should never um, underestimate British part in this because they did play a huge part. So he actually answered this very logically and exactly how I think it was and how many Ukrainians would agree it was. So that's that's the answer to that. But most important. Sorry, what's that? No, no, I think one of the most important um, aspects here is why would he mention this whole like intro in history, right? So when when I started watching the interview, he said, hey, so it's going to be boring for some some people, especially for some Americans, because they want this like fast paced da, 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 interview, right? But the problem- he turned into the Charlie Brown teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the truth is I'm glad he did it because most Americans have no clue what this is about. And you can't have, I always say, like, how can you have present without the past? Like, if me and you are fighting in a room, Ivory, let's say me and you are bloody fighting and someone that we both know, like Elena, right, walks in and sees us in blood and, you know, we're like just, you know, full of like, blue eyes and whatever. And and she, the first question she asks is, what the hell happened to you two, right? So she asks for the history before what she saw. That's what Putin did. He told you what happened because he didn't just wake up and invade Ukraine like a dictator. He has no interest in going to Kiev. He, he has no interest in taking entire Ukraine or Poland. Or He said, listen, We were treated unfairly. These parts, including our Russian people in them, in Donbass, were taken from us unlawfully. We dealt with it. We were patient. We sat there. We waited. We waited and waited. And it only got worse. Like he mentioned very important names. Bush Sr. was one of them. I always say that, yeah, American downfall started with... Bush Sr. and it's not it's not a coincidence that Putin mentioned him because if you look what Bush Sr.'s father was doing, it would all make sense very quick, which is Bush Sr.'s father, Prescott Bush, was funding Nazis during World War II, uh, you know, during World War II, and he continued funding them after the year America got involved in World War II. So what does that tell you? You expect a a man who grew up in the family who, were, who was funding Nazis to just be okay with, you know, the, the, the promises he made with President Putin, who is obviously on the opposite side, former communist country? Of course not. So the entire interview, Putin tried to make a very strong point that Nazism is very alive in certain countries, especially Ukraine, which it is. We've all seen it. He also made very strong points in saying that um, there is a history that needs to be revisited because I was promised certain things uh, by multiple American presidents, it's not just Bush Sr., right? He talked about Bill Clinton. He talked about Bush Jr. And every single time these presidents would tell me, sure, it's going to happen. It didn't happen. So that's a very good indication that it's not just the president that decides uh, serious things in America, but also when the machine gets involved, right? We talked about NATO, and then Bill Clinton obviously said that, oh, that's a great idea, but then he went back, and the same 
day evening for dinner, he already changed his opinion saying that, oh, I'm sorry, I talked to my people and it cannot happen. Right. That was, uh, I think that was Clinton. He talked, I have my notes about that as well. Yeah. And, and the time yeah. code. Um, but so he was saying that after World War II, Ukraine received previously Polish and, and Romanian and yeah. Hungarian lands yes. that remain Ukrainian today. Then Putin goes on to say in this interview today. So Ukraine is an artificial state that was shaped at Stalin's will. Um, and it shows, it shows Putin's bias, uh, it, it, that Ukraine, oh, Ukraine's still not legitimate. It was artificially it's shaped. Putin's bias, Ivory. I just had a, a Ukrainian business. It, it's not artificial. It's a real nation for Putin to be calling yes. it artificial right now shows his disdain no, no, no. for it. Those are real nation agreed Russians. They are called Russians. So let me, let me tell you, I had an Ukrainian businessman in my show who said that, have you heard Kiev Rus? Like Kiev was Russian. Kiev Rus. That's what it was called. Russia. So just because. Well, I am going back to the 1600s. And it's so funny when you watch the beginning of this interview, talk, he's going deep into history and Tucker's like, I'm sorry, I'm losing track of what dates we're at. He's like, we're at the 13th century. <laughs> But that's needed because people don't get it. They think that so you I somehow well, have like these claims that they don't. And, and I get that back then it was Russia, but borders changed. Ukraine came into existence no, and now it's a legitimate nation. Not back then. Uh, it was part of Russia even during World War II. So, I mean, it, it was part of the Soviet Union. And the only reason Ukraine got the legitimacy was because in Soviet Union, certain leaders decided that they would give autonomous rule to those states. So it's almost saying like, um, today I'm Georgian, right? And let's say I, there, there was a point in our history that Georgia was taken, um, you know, under Muslim rule. So Felicity, the capital of Georgia, did not quite belong to us anymore so it's almost me saying that well i don't want to be part of georgia now because you know the, what ukraine is doing is saying i don't want to be part of georgia because you know there was a time in history where we were independent like in world war ii we were autonomous and after world war ii we got the this like label of being a brand new country well that's what they're saying and it would be ridiculous if i said that georgians would kill me because they were like no you're georgia i'm sorry but you are and it's the same language. They speak the same language. And as much as Ukrainians want us to believe that their language is a different language, it's a different dialect. And I can prove it because I speak it. So it's the same. Exa- I, when Ukrainian speaks, I understand everything she's saying because it's like Russian, you know. So it's uh-huh. very, very funny to me. What he's trying to say is he's trying to show Americans the history they don't know. And even then, he, he was trying to say, listen, even then we were okay with whatever Ukraine wanted to do, right? So he said, for years, we, we treat Ukraine like a different country. Kiev was the capital of Ukraine. We, we negotiated with president number one, number two. But when it got really bad is when they started to put NATO soldiers and foreigners on our borders and then oppressing Russians, 
within the territories that actually legally should be ours. That's what he was trying to say. That's why he went back to the history. But there's way more reasons. I think, and this is my personal opinion, I cannot prove what was going on in Putin's head, but the reason he started mentioning all this history, right, is because he's trying, and he's not going to do this as a president of the United States and come out and start saying that the revolution, Bolshevik revolution, was organized by the West, and this is why he just said it, it, there was a weird reason that I cannot speak about, right? Why Lenin decided to do what they did. Well, let me tell you why Lenin decided to do what he did. When we talk about globalists, they work much like intelligence institutions. CIA doesn't operate in a year or two or three. They operate with plans that go all the way to 20 plus, right? So whenever they have an agenda, it's always 20 plus or, or 10 plus, right? It's not what, what are we going to do next year? Intelligence doesn't work that way. Now, it's very important to know that who conducted the Bolshevik revolution? Who killed Russian Tsar? I mean, does anyone know that? Right? If anyone knows it's alive, why don't you let me know? Because I personally have done research about this. Lenin was sent from the West with West's money. And so was Trotsky, another revolutionary, both of them who overthrew the Tsar. What Putin was trying to say is do your research, Americans. What happened is they came to us, meaning communist revolution Bolsheviks, with Western money. They killed our king. And they created this Bolshevik regime that turned into communism. That was the plan. And all of that was done by Western money. It's proven. It's not. And well, he, I mean, he didn't say that particular, but he did say that the Soviet leadership was largely composed of people from Ukraine. So that's why yes, he felt that Ukraine gave special uh, national yes. treatment that, at course. that time. Yeah, but that's, I, I that's, wanted to, he's not going to sit there and say blame West for Bolshevik revolution because then he has to go down that rabbit hole. And he didn't do that. But what he did is he gave us a very good trail to follow by saying that God knows why would Lenin do that, right? Or why, why would person, a, a pe- like, well, I guess a few people who were in charge of Soviet Union, dismantle the censure in this way, right? Why would they Why would they do that? So he just gave us good clues to follow, which I've done a million times. I've followed it. I've I read Anthony Sutton's books, who actually proves that the revolution was conducted in the West. I mean, by the West, in, in Russia, and ended up killing the Russian Tsar. So that's what Putin was trying to say. That's my point, why he went on and on with this history, because it's necessary, because Americans never hear it, and they need to hear it. So, um, well, I want to get to the part where Putin talks about taking power in year 2000 mm -hmm. and then meeting Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton making promises, uh, that then aren't kept. Uh, let's see if we can bring up the. Did he ever keep any promise he made? (laughs) I'm talking Uh, about Clinton. What what we do. Okay. So let's see if I can bring up the right time code here. So that was very true, but not in this manner. Yeltsin was immediately dragged through the mud, accused of alcoholism, of understanding nothing, of knowing nothing. 
He understood everything, I assure you. Well, I became president in 2000. I thought, okay, the Yugoslav issue is over, but we should try to restore relations. Let's reopen the door that Russia had tried to go through. And moreover, I said it publicly, I can reiterate. At a meeting here in the Kremlin with the outgoing president, Bill Clinton, right here in the next room, I said to him, I asked him, Bill, do you think if Russia asked to join NATO, do you think it would happen? Suddenly he said, you know, it's interesting. I think so. But in the evening, when we met for dinner, he said, you know, I've talked to my team. No, no, it's not possible now. You can ask him. I think he will watch our interview. He'll confirm it. I wouldn't have said anything like that if it hadn't happened. Okay. Were you sincere? It's impossible now. Would you have joined NATO? Look, I asked the question, is it possible or not? And the answer I got was no. If I was insincere in my desire to find out what the leadership position was... But if he had said yes, would you have joined NATO? If he had said yes, the process of rapprochement would have commenced, and eventually it might have happened, if we had seen some sincere wish on the other side of our partners. But it didn't happen. Well, no means no. Okay, fine. Why do you think that is? Just to get to motive, I know you're clearly bitter about it. Um, I understand. But why do you think the West rebuffed you then? Why the hostility? Why did the end of the Cold War not fix the relationship? What motivates this from your point of view? You said I was bitter about the answer. No, it's not bitterness. It's just a statement of fact. We're not bride and groom, bitterness, resentment. It's not about those kind of matters in such circumstances. We just realized we weren't welcome there, that's all. Okay, fine. But let's build relations in another manner. Let's work for common ground elsewhere. Why we received such a negative response, you should ask your leaders. I can only guess why. Too big a country with its own opinion and so on. All right. So there you go. He says that Bill Clinton initially said that they could possibly join NATO and then never mind, we can't um, and chalks it up possibly to American ego. And then he goes on to tell a story about a similar conversation with George Bush that was then retracted. Uh, the promise from Bush was retracted and Tucker goes on to say, so do these presidents really have the power that we think they have or is someone else controlling them? Basically, um, Elizabeth, I think you're muted. Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, of course not. Um, so uh, presidents are four year employee in the United States. They do not have power. And we've seen this on many times, like on many occasions. Right. So um, but yeah, it's very interesting that he said um, my only you know, guess is that we are too big of a country with their own opinions. And uh, that's probably why uh, they would not accept us, which is true, because to accept Russia, then you have, you know, then you have to, I guess, have some type of 
understanding that other countries have their own interests and they also have to give their people what they promised as leaders and the US does not play that way. So it's either us or, you know, like Bush said, you are either with us or against us, which is a very narcissistic way of describing the world. Like, why should I be with America? You know, let's say I'm a, a country of Hungary. Uh, who, who do you think you are? You know, why should I stand with Bush? Like, why, on what grounds should I be with Bush? How can, like, why should I not be neutral? I don't care about America as a Hungary, you know, Hungarian person. I don't care about Russia either. Like, why can't I have my own interests? But America doesn't allow that. And Wolf of its doctrine, and not only that, there's many different, um, you know, articles and doctrines in American legislation that actually, you know, contributes to this type of behavior. So, yeah. Um, oh, oops. It's your little dog, huh? Yeah. Um, so it was interesting. Uh, at one mm-hmm. point after that, Putin talks about an issue in Iraq. Uh, Russia was building relations in a calm manner. Then uh, support for satellites and terrorist groups came in from the U.S. Yeah. To uh, So yeah. American money comes in yeah. to strengthen uh opposition in Iraq to hurt mm-hmm. the relations yeah. between Iraq and Russia and and uh, Putin says that the mm-hmm. they found out that the CIA was involved from yeah. the US funding to try to sabotage good relations between Iraq and Russia and, and Putin couldn't believe it and Tucker then asked so do you feel the CIA is trying to overthrow your mm-hmm. government Yeah. I mean, how do you not know this, right? You probably know this by now that CIA is doing this in every country, not just in Russia, but especially in Russia, because, um, you know, they 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 can't allow Russia to to get stronger because then they lose their monopoly over the world. And that's probably the biggest fear of the uh, United States establishment in the United States, I guess, or shadow government. Uh, And that's what it is about. Like, you know, but, but you can't ask Putin to be okay with this. You know, what if, what if Putin uh, and his intelligence agencies conducted similar operations against the United States and then the United States discovered this, can you imagine what would they would do? They would probably get us in like war right away with Russia. They've done this before. So here's the Russian president giving the proof to the U.S. that, hey, your intelligence agencies are conducting some, you know, are arming terrorists in, in my area and conducting some operations that is harmful for my country. And I have the evidence. And the best part is, did you hear the answer? Did you hear what the answer was from the U.S.? What was it? Oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll kick their ass. That's what it was. Like, he even apologized. Putin apologized. I'm sorry for my expression, but I'm going to kick that ass. And nothing happened. So <laughs> I, I wanted to play the part from Tucker where Tucker's like, do American presidents really have the power that we think they have? Because twice you tried to collaborate mm-hmm. with American presidents for yeah. peace and the American presidents wanted it. And then had to reverse like someone Mm -hmm. behind the president wasn't letting us collab with russia and he's they're specifically talking about a moment where uh bush senior under the bush junior administration bush senior met 
with Putin and said that they were developing uh, missiles uh, to defend against Iran. And they talked about Putin's like, I could collab with you against Iran. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then he reverses. So then Tucker asks this question, like, uh, are presidents really in power? Let's see if this is the right time. I said, thank God. Great. No, but with some exceptions. So twice you've described U.S. presidents making decisions and then being undercut by their agency heads. So it sounds like you're describing a system that's not run by the people who are elected in your telling. That's right. That's right. In the end, they just told us to get lost. I'm not going to tell you the details because I think it's incorrect. After all, it was confidential conversation. But our proposal was declined. That's a fact. It was right then when I said, look, but then we will be forced to take countermeasures. We will create such strike systems that will certainly overcome missile defense systems. The answer was... We are not doing this against you, and you do what you want, assuming that it is not against us, not against the United States. I said, okay, very well. That's the way it went. And we created hypersonic systems with intercontinental range, and we continue to develop them. We are now ahead of everyone, the United States and the other countries, in terms of the development of hypersonic strike systems. I love how he just threw that in there, that, oh, by the way, we have the fiercest military in the world at this point, just FYI, which I, that's Putin sliding propaganda in. Of course, a leader is going to say that. We Americans but still why feel is, why totally that. Why is he striving propaganda? It's a fact. They have more missiles than us. Like what? What's pro- propaganda is not true things, right? You you like push out. So there. you have proof that Russia's military is more powerful than the U.S. That's not, that's not what he said. Replay the clip. That's not what he said. Well, he said after we had the disagreement with developing the missiles and defense systems together, we started developing our own, which at this point Russia has, whether it's nuclear or long range much more than us, period. It's a fact. You can look it up in Google. They have more missiles and more defense systems. I mean, defense, more technique in defense systems than us because they simply needed more. So you are on the other continent. You are not uh, threatened by Canada and Mexico. You are, you can be very calm in terms of you know, no one's going to get you on a short range uh, missile distance because nobody's going to shoot anything at you from Mexico or Canada. Russia was forced to develop such things and develop it much better than you because they don't have the same luxury than you, that, as you. That's what he's trying to say, that we were forced to do this stuff because now that you are in the arms race and you're saying that, oh, like you can do whatever you want, but you can't be part of this then, you know, we are assuming that if, if we're not part of this, we're probably the target. That's what he's saying. And factually, the, he never said we are more powerful militarily. He never said that we have be a bigger army, we have better army. He never once says, says that. He's talking about the technology, which they do have more missiles than us. It's a fact. <laughs> so I just tried Googling and uh, the top result says that Israel... <laughs> Israel has the greatest uh, missile defense system. Yeah. Google siding with Israel. 
Yeah, so, that's for sure. You know, nations, a- when especially when it comes to national defense, nations uh, value their secrecy. That way, they can control the information. So every nation's information about their, about their military power is propaganda in, in my, as far as I can tell, because it's impossible to know every nation's military secrets. So he slid it in there that they are the most powerful. Uh, And okay. So I wanted to also get to another key soundbite in which Putin talks about, again, Putin blames the CIA for funding an insurrection, a coup that happens in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. That was, I have the time code here. I wanted to ask the then U.S. leadership. With the backing of whom? With the backing of CIA, of course. The organization you wanted to join back in the day, as I understand. We should thank God they didn't let you in, although it is a serious organization. I understand. My former vis-a-vis in the sense that I served in the first main directorate, Soviet Union's intelligence service. They have always been our opponents. A job is a job. Technically, they did everything right. They achieved their goal of changing the government. However, from a political standpoint, it was a colossal mistake. Surely it was political leadership's miscalculation. They should have seen what it would evolve into. So, in 2008, the doors of NATO were opened for Ukraine. In 2014, there was a coup. They started persecuting those who did not accept the coup. And it was indeed a coup. They created a threat to Crimea which we had to take under our protection. They launched the war in Donbass in 2014 with the use of aircraft and artillery against civilians. This is when it all started. There is a video of aircraft attacking Donetsk from above. They launched a large-scale military operation. So then they, they go on to talk about... The, the 2014 showdown in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tucker asks, what was the trigger for you, the moment that you decided to you had to do what he's doing now, this war in Ukraine? Yeah. And Putin says it was initially the 2014 coup. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. So first of all, can we acknowledge the faces that Tucker made? I mean, it was just incredibly funny. It's just sometimes I feel like whoever is translating in his ear is just, I don't know what's happening there, but he's just making these faces like he's not quite grasping what's happening. But but of course he was. Um, so, it, yeah, it's true. What he said is absolutely true. And I actually have a very interesting video on my Patreon about it where uh, most people don't know this, that... Georgian snipers were hired during the Maidan coup. And it was this, if I'm not mistaken, I want to get this fact wrong, but I think it was the Spanish journalist who broke the story first and then Italian journalists picked it up or the opposite. So one or the other broke the story. So uh, 2014 coup, coup in Kiev in Ukraine was conducted absolutely by the West. And by, by that, I mean by the Americans and Britain. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's a long story, short, 
it was um, America's intelligence agencies trying to provocate the government to shoot at their own people so that the clash would happen between the Protestants and uh, the government and Yanukovych would be either killed, like they did with Gaddafi, or just kicked out of the country, which they achieved. They couldn't achieve to, they, they couldn't kill him, but they kicked him out of the country for sure. And I have the evidence of this in my Patreon. So what happened is they probably, and here I'm speculating, the reasoning, I don't know. Why they picked the Georgian snipers from country of Georgia, I don't know. I'm just speculating that um, they probably thought that if they told Ukrainians to shoot at innocent U- Ukrainians who were protesting on Maidan, they wouldn't have done it because Ukrainians wouldn't shoot at Ukrainians. Or if they did it for a lot of lo- lots of money, then one day they would probably be bothered and the truth would come out. But if you hire a Georgian to shoot at the Ukrainian crowd, you know, for a lot of money, then you have better chances that that secret will, you know, get kept. So they, what they did, they hired Georgian snipers who are talking about how it all went down in this video that I have up on my Patreon. So what happened is they, they were moved from Georgia to Ukraine and they were given orders to shoot at the crowd. So, at the people. And in some occasions they were, they were told that, Oh, shoot, whatever you want, as long as you're shooting in that direction. So meaning you don't have to have like one person in aim or whatever, just shoot at it. So what was the cause? Like what, what were they trying to get out of this? Right. Very simple. Someone would die really big crowd in Ukraine would go nuts that how dare the government kill us, like actually shoot us. So they would retaliate and clash with the guards. And then guards would think that this huge crowd is coming at you. So you have to defend yourself and they would use the weapons. And this like story of snipers would slowly disappear. No one would know who's been shooting Mm. from different spots. And it would be just a story of a clash between people and the authorities. Well, the story broke and it came out. Then the Western institutions hired Georgian snipers to create this mess in uh, Maidan. They got away with it for a couple of years, I would say, a good couple of years. No one knew what happened. They just thought it was a just a clash. The first person that kind of hinted that it was more than that was actually Oliver Stone. If you remember, Oliver Stone went to Russia and did a documentary about Maidan and what really happened there. He didn't know this story because it was not out back then, but he knew from the authorities, that, like, for example, one of the ministers even said that, you know, we went to, we went to sleep that night, meaning the government uh, officials said that, you know, everything looked okay. We agreed. Uh, we actually compromised. We agreed to have elections much earlier than the date, you know, scheduled. So Yanukovych actually agreed that, okay, we'll do what the protester, Protestants want, like pro- protesters in the Maidan want. And um, what happens is uh, one of the officials said next day he wakes up at like 5 a.m. and he gets intel that people are dying and they're being shot. And he said like cold sweat came over me. Because I just didn't understand how, because we never gave the orders to shoot at people ever. So what happened? Yeah. So this is very like, you know, this whole documentary is up on my Patreon. But that's what Putin is trying to say. That red line for him was when, when West forcefully removed, by the way, a democratically elected Yanukovych. 
Like Russia didn't put him there. Like they didn't insert him there. It was the Ukrainians, including my friends, Ludmila and many others from Ukraine who actually voted for Yanukovych. And I remember back in the day, I was very anti-Russian myself. So I remember having an argument with my Ukrainian friend. Her name is Ludmila. She said that she was voting for Yanukovych, for the same person that West outsted. And I was like, but Yanukovych wants good Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Relationships you know, with Russia, I, that's, that was my comment on this. I was like, how can you vote for this person that wants to actually better relationship with Russia? Like, that's how ignorant I was, right? But Luda was like, no, because, you know, he's the only lesser 
corrupt person right now who's running. Rest of them are corrupt as hell. So that's why we are voting for him. So he was elected by Ukrainian, uh, you know, people democratically. And then West came in and overthrew the democratically elected leader. And they started training Ukraine against Russia. And that's what Putin and, and it's well, it's interesting in this interview tonight um, that Putin said that the Ukraine leader Yanukovych, mm-hmm. he had no chance of winning the next election yeah. anyway. So why do a coup? He said yeah. the CIA miscalculated mm-hmm. and all this could have been done without victims yeah. or losing Crimea. Just like they miscalculated in Afghanistan, just like they miscalculated with Mossadegh in Iran. How many times this organization, or I'll give you a better example, actually, this should be mentioned, just like they miscalculated during Kennedy in Bay of Pigs. Everyone knows Kennedy was against this operation. CIA was for it, and they went for it. They organized it themselves, and they failed miserably. How many times we got to allow this absolutely moronistic organization to carry out military interventions in the world and then we pay the price for their actions yeah so i mean then then uh putin gets into talking about how nato did not keep its promises it continued to expand and push and and then oh uh ukraine uh, might even be open to joining ukraine you guys want to join nato but no russia you're not allowed and yeah. so putin's talking about how bothersome that is that the, they're just like why why wouldn't russia feel threatened by that and then tucker asks him did you talk to anyone and say you'd act if they kept doing this did you talk to a us president and uh which was you know a- say the most out of uh, place question on Tucker's part, even though he did a great interview, because if if you're paying attention to what Vladimir Putin has been doing for 14 years, last 14 years, that's what he's been doing, talking. That's all he did before this operation. And that was pretty much Putin's answer to him. And um, so then... Putin goes on to say something interesting. He says that this war didn't start in 2022. It started in 2000. Let me just bring, let me me just bring that soundbite up here. Like what's going on, Putin? It didn't. Here. Issued by military force only. But we could not let that happen. And the situation got to the point when the Ukrainian side announced, no, we will not do anything. They also started preparing for military action. It was they who started the war in 2014. Our goal is to stop this war. And we did not start this war in 2022. This is an attempt to stop it. Do you think you've stopped it now? I mean, have you achieved your aims? Uh, No, we haven't achieved our aims yet, because one of them is denazification. This means the prohibition of all kinds of neo-Nazi movements. This is one of the problems that we discussed during the negotiation process, which ended in Istanbul early this year. And it was not our initiative, because we were told by the Europeans, in particular, that it was necessary to create conditions for the final signing of the documents. 
My counterparts in France and Germany said, how can you imagine them signing a treaty with a gun to their heads? The troops should be pulled back from Kiev. I said, all right, we withdrew the troops from Kiev. As soon as we pulled back our troops from Kiev, our Ukrainian negotiators immediately threw all our agreements reached in Istanbul into the bin. So that's interesting. Uh, Putin is saying that they were going to have peace with Ukraine. Just yeah, like well, these are known facts. I mean, we've been talking, me and Mike and many others who actually talk about Russian issue, we've been talking about this like for the last two years. And I've been even, I've even told you this. It's called Minsk Agreement. So what happened is what Putin just said. Zelensky signed on Minsk agreements. They, they had a really good agreement on uh, for Ukra- Ukrainian part, right? So Ukraine was getting a lot from this deal. It was almost like, harder for Russia to implement this than for Ukraine. And Russia walked away. It withdrew all troops, everything. Ukraine was getting exactly what he wanted. And then once Russia withdrew the troops, they came back and said, sorry, no deal. Like, what, what, is, what is that? Like, you know, like they had a deal. They signed on it. And then people always criticize Putin like, oh, why don't you, you know, Tucker like forced like this, question a lot he was like why don't you just call up american president and say like let's end it why don't you just he cannot do that because every time he did it they said oh yeah let's let's have be sure and they stepped russia back you know when when russia walked away so this is why he's not going to do that it should be american president who started this whole thing not specifically the president but america who calls up putin and said we are ready to end this how do we end this it should be Tucker's president, my president, your president, not Vladimir Putin, who should call, uh, you know, the president of the United States. That's, it's ridiculous. It's so interesting that Putin says in this interview that he has not talked to Joe Biden whatsoever since uh, before February of 2022. Isn't that scary? Isn't well, that yeah. Scary? So Biden is funneling all this money into the war against Russia but he hasn't spoken with Putin whatsoever. Why wouldn't he want to speak to Putin and try to create peace? Yeah. But he's just spending money. I guess if we talk, you know, if you want the real talk, does every, what would change? What would change? Let's say he does call. Biden has dementia. He doesn't understand what's going on. You know, like what would change? Nothing, nothing. So he's probably talking to war hawks like Anthony Blinken and Sullivan and all these people who are actually pulling the strength behind, yeah. you know, so that's probably what it is. But anyway, I think uh, I think what happened is, you know, we've been talking this like people who know Russia, Ukraine very well, this independent journalists like me and others who've been talking about this all this time. I think all of this came into one interview you know, with Tucker, like two hours, it, it took two hours to educate people what really happened. And what, what yeah. I liked about this is, you know, Tucker allowed him to talk. And also what I liked about this, Putin didn't go on a, uh, you know, West, uh, Western, you know, criticism. Uh, you know, he didn't jump on this train of bashing America. He actually was very logical every time he mentioned what really happened. He didn't uh, you know, bash America in a way and say like, oh, it's all your fault. How dare you? No, he said, listen, this was a fact. 
we communicated. That's what they told me. It ended up differently. How would you react to it, right? So he threw some jabs at America throughout the interview. They were subtle, but he was jabbing at America. Well, because they deserve it. I mean, you shouldn't be the provocator of the says the Eastern European. Okay. Well, no, no, says an American Eastern European. And Americans really need to abandon this image that we are the good guys. Like, how long are you going to live in this fairy tale? I mean, you can keep going, but you're causing wars over the the world. So you can either open. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't like that my country is funding. Yeah, wars. that's the point. So I, I don't like up. that. I think I think most American people are the good guys. So, but we're Joe Biden is not a well, good guy. Yeah, you could be a good guy and be useless, like you know, like Jordan Peterson talks about. You don't want to be a good guy who's useless. You want to be a smart guy who does something about what they don't like. That's what you right. want. And that's what we are lacking in this country. Right. Uh, well, people like you and I are both trying to do something For to make sure. a difference. So uh, Tucker goes on to say, ask, what is denazification? Because Putin is saying that he's continuing this war with the goal of denazification, which is it was very interesting to me. Any information I'm hearing from Russia, I'm like, I have no idea if something's mm-hmm. lost in translation, if there's propaganda, but I'm hearing this thing about Nazis. Now Putin coming from Putin's own lips today is like, yeah, the whole Putin's thing was like the whole reason he's still fighting is because of Nazis, which I was like, huh? Okay. And, uh, Tucker's like, what is denazification? Putin says, well, after gaining independence, Ukraine began to search for its identity and chose to build identity on false heroes who collaborated with Hitler. Yeah, he's talking about about He he talks about how Ukraine sided with Hitler in World War II, thinking that he would bring them freedom. Mm -hmm. And Hitler went on to assign some of the most horrendous exterminations to the Ukrainians, which is that's the real history. And I, I featured one of the victims of the Ukrainian Nazi torture on my YouTube, Mm -hmm. a a woman who barely survived it, but her family was exterminated by Ukrainian Nazis at the, at the direction of Hitler. So it does have that horrific history. And Putin brings out this point that, that there's little Nazi factions in various countries around the world in all those countries reject yeah. those Nazis within them. The difference with Ukraine Putin says is that Ukraine does not reject its internal Nazis. Nope. That Ukraine is basically Nazi from the government itself. Oh, which I'm, I still don't know how, how true is Zelensky a Nazi to my knowledge. He's not. So I don't know if that's true. The, the, if you want to find out, you know where I'll send you go watch BBC from all the channels, BBC's documentary before this conflict ever broke out, BBC didn't know what was going to happen. Right. So this is years before the conflict ever broke out. BBC journalists, saw that there was a growing threat of Nazism in Ukraine. So they sent their propagandists to actually figure out what was going on in Ukraine. So BBC is like CNN, just so that people know, but in Britain. So the propagandists that are saying the same, like bashing Putin today, are the ones 
who made hour and 40 something minute long documentary about growing threat of Nazis in Ukraine, I urge you to go and watch it. So it was true when BBC was shooting it, but it's not true when Putin is talking about it. You know what I mean? So they made the entire documentary how serious and how scary this was that Ukraine was turning Nazi. But it was not the government, is my understanding. Like there was like a growing faction, but it wasn't like Zelensky himself. Well, Zelensky was not even in government back then when it started. Zelensky is a pawn. Zelensky is a Jew who's a pawn in a Nazi like, world. My understanding was that Zelensky was anti-Nazi. Although Putin then goes on to talk about what happened in Canada, where Zelensky and the Canadians all celebrated a Nazi veteran. Yeah, which is so not talked about and it should be. Right. This is Canada, people from all countries, you know, in the world. And and they even during the celebration, they even said, oh, look at this guy. We're going to applaud him because he fought against Russia. So are they such bigots that they don't know who fought against Russia in World War Two? Is that what we are dealing with? Just five year olds who don't know the history, well, you know. Or- I think the Canadian thing, I don't know if everyone saw what happened in Canadian Parliament. They all had a standing ovation for an actual Nazi. And then when it came out, it, you know, news covered this, like, this is insane. Then Justin Trudeau is like insanely apologetic. We didn't know, you know, so I think it was a blunder. Correct. He was not apologetic. You know what he did? I still have that interview because I remember covering it. You know what he did? He shifted he to Putin. That's what he did. Listen to listen to his answer. So he came up and he blamed completely someone else and he fired, well, fired him or whatever. And then in the same speech, he said, but we should focus on Putin. I was like, well, that's, what? he did like change the topic, but he basically, he didn't, uh, when asked, yes, he, he didn't say, yes, I support a, a Nazi veteran. So I, I think that. He will never well, I, I think it was an accident. I think it was a genuine accident that they oh. didn't realize the Ukrainian history with the Nazis. Uh, but Putin is using that in this interview with Tucker to say, look, Zelensky and Trustin Trudeau to this day. Okay, so are let's say they didn't know. Okay, let's say they didn't know the history, okay? Let's say they didn't know that Ukraine was fighting with Nazis. Let's say they didn't know. Let's just say that it was the fact that they didn't know. So, okay, then how stupid are you? So you you don't know that people who fought against Soviet Union, fought against America and allied forces, would be, well, they, would be alongside Nazi? You didn't know that? Like, really? So imagine, like, I, this is not a birthday party. Like, I, look, I think party. that Justin Trudeau understands that there were Nazis collabing with Hitler back in the 40s, but I think I he just didn't Amy connect the dots Amy. that a current Ukrainian veteran was one of those guys. They knew very well. Uh, Ju- Justin Trudeau might be an idiot, but this is, it's ridiculous to say they don't know. It's just, and Justin Trudeau was not the only one who said, oh my gosh, why don't we honor this guy? Zelensky, Zelensky was another one, a Jew who, who should have known no matter what. Okay. So forget Trudeau. Okay. Let's say Trudeau is an idiot. He doesn't know a five year old history. What about Zelensky and rest of the parliament? Really? All of them are such bigots. They don't know. Then they shouldn't be in parliament. It should be a birthday party then. And we can honor as many nuts as you want. Like it doesn't make sense. You can. You can justify it as much as you want, but it's not going to pass because 
entire parliament stood up and do that, did that, and Zelensky himself could not hide his excitement and afterwards had a chat with the guy. What, a Jew didn't know? An Ukrainian Jew didn't know? That's ridiculous to claim that. Well, I mean, because... Trudeau has been very vocally anti-Nazi in that he uses the term Nazi as a name-calling mechanism against people who actually want freedom from tyrannical people like Hitler. Uh, He used to that, you know, he called the truckers Nazis. Um, So he used it it to name-call. He's clearly anti-Nazi. Yet he brings up a Nazi and celebrates him. I think it was an accident by Trudeau. I think he people were just not checking history. I just checking the bio of this guy. What happens with the West is what you just said. So whatever they are, they usually blame other side to be. That's just that. That's what they've been doing for a while. You know, Redacted had a great. episode about this i can't remember exactly which episode but they they had this episode where they where the west does something that is obviously true and comes out in like 10 years from now you know or or later on and then they propagandize their own nations that the other side did it and other side is that the reason nazi is so frequently used by trudeau is because he's trying to put whatever he is inherently, I'm not saying he's a Hitler supporter, you can be a Nazi in, you know, and not be a Hitler supporter, but he blames other people to be that. But, you know, his policies are... You know, that, that could be. Um, I, I don't want this recap to run too long, but I wanted mm-hmm. to play maybe one more soundbite. There was okay. a key point mm-hmm. uh, after an hour into the interview yeah. where Tucker asks, this could devolve into world, a world war. And so why don't you just call Biden and work it out, basically? Let me see if I can bring up that time code Mm -hmm. correctly here. Here it goes, I think. And here, if you are interested in what Mr. President Biden responded to me, ask him. At any rate, I talked to him about it. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested, but from the outside, it seems like this could devolve or evolve into something that brings the entire world into conflict and could um, initiate some a nuclear launch. And so why don't you just call Biden and say, let's work this out? What's there to work out? It's very simple. I repeat, we have contacts through various agencies. I will tell you what we are saying on this matter and what we are conveying to the U.S. leadership. If you really want to stop fighting, you need to stop supplying weapons. It will be over within a few weeks. That's it. And then we can agree on some terms. Before you do that, stop. What's easier? Why would I call him? What should I talk to him about? Or beg him for what? And, and what messages do you get back? You're going to deliver such and such weapons to Ukraine? Oh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Please don't. What is there to talk about? Do you think NATO is worried about this becoming a global war or a nuclear conflict? At least that's what they're talking about. And they're trying to intimidate their own population with an imaginary Russian threat. 
This is an obvious fact. And thinking people, not Philistines, but thinking people, analysts, those who are engaged in real politics, just smart people understand perfectly well that this is a fake. They're trying to fuel the Russian threat. The threat I think you're referring to is a Russian invasion of Poland, Latvia, expansionist behavior. Is, can you imagine a scenario where you sent Russian troops to Poland? Only in one case, if Poland attacks Russia. Why? Because we have no interest in Poland, Latvia, or anywhere else. So there you go. Putin shuts down rumors that he's expansionist, that he wants to mm-hmm. invade the rest of Europe, which is the big argument in the West, is that we've got to stop Russia in its tracks, because if it gains any ground with Ukraine, it's just going to keep going and take, yeah. take over other countries. But Putin is also digging his heels in there and saying, I'm not going to stop fighting unless you guys stop funding Ukraine, stop funding them so we can win. Um, Even though, but but that's the thing, like, and, and of course that's a, that's exactly what every uh, good commander in chief would do. They are not going to stop until the other side that started it stops fighting because if they stop, what guarantees do they have? They had a guaranteed signed document that Ukraine would go neutral and not, you know, it would actually stop killing people in Donbas. And Russia walked away. They took their uh, military and they they were off. And what happened? No one complied. So why mm-hmm. what, under what ground should Putin believe any of it? Right. So under what ground should he even call? Like it's like I said, it's time for the United States to stop and put, uh, you know, money where their mouth is and stop funding Ukraine. But they are not seeming mm. to want that. I mean, we just, just now we gave more money to Ukraine. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah, ridiculous that's- what's happening. But, it, uh, yeah, also, I, I don't want this to go too long, but my suggestion is look into your own history, Americans, because you, what you don't know is that... Um, Uh, certain people in our own history during Kennedy and even before that, during Eisenhower, I would say, Eisenhower warned us about this way before, right? So there were certain people who shifted uh, American foreign policy into this endless war phase, and they even wrote about it. I'm talking about the wise men, the founding fathers of CIA and uh, foreign policy and Marshall Plan. And they, on black and white, said that from now on, the United States only has two throttles, one wide shot, one wide shot for peace and another one wide open for war. It's their words, not mine. And these are the people who created the CIA and who implemented Marshall Plan and drafted our foreign policy. So that should tell you everything. Without war, this country would not survive in their heads. That's how they think. So this is why we keep seeing it everywhere. And unless some new faces, new people come on and say, like, enough is enough, it's not going to change. Wow. Yeah. Well, the other thing we didn't show was the conversation about China and Putin 
was just very smugly like, oh yeah, so Xi Jinping and I are besties. And by the way, my, my, my neighbor Xi Jinping is insanely powerful now. By the way, they have the top economy. They've toppled America economically. And basically it, it, he was throwing this kind of this subtle threat mm-hmm. to the U.S. of like me and Xi Jinping are way more powerful than you guys think. So basically watch out. He was, just like really, he was really smoothly saying that. I, I think what he was trying to say, I think Tucker's um, question was, hey, aren't you afraid that China will dominate you in a way because you just said that it's the best, the biggest economy? And Putin's answer was very similar to what I get when I talk about China with Perkins, John Perkins, uh, famous economic hitman and many others which I always had a hard time believing. I guess I'm still under Western propaganda when it gets to China. So I get this answer all the time. China is not expansionist. China is not a military aggressor. It never was in history, which is correct. I mean, if, uh, if you know Chinese history, you know that they were never aggressors in terms of military power. But I always had a hard time believing in good intentions of China because I always thought that what's inside you, it will eventually come out, you know, and right now what China does in China, I guess in China, which is like full control, why, you know, where is the reasoning that they are not going to try to do that outside of China as well, right? So that's my opinion about China. I never thought that China was uh, Russia's friend. I think they are just playing this game. And I hope that Vladimir Putin doesn't believe what he says, really, because I'm I'm fearing for Russia in this matter. Um, Oh, I thought that Putin, uh, uh, what Putin said about China, I thought was naive of Putin. Like, I think so too. That's what I'm scared of the boogeyman. But China is totally fine. They don't want to. They don't want to control anyone. Than yeah. their own citizens are like they're slaves. I think, and they're sneezing their propaganda right. throughout Africa and in, in encroaching into the U.S. and and Cuba. Mm-hmm. I don't no, know. I, I agree with you a hundred percent that I think it was a naive statement, or or uh, you know. I think that he would never say what he really thinks. I mean, do you expect right. him to come out and say like, oh, like China, oh, we know we are, we're on them. You know, we know their game. Like, no, he's going to say we have great relations, we're great friends, but Vladimir Putin is not naive. If he was, he wouldn't know what he knows and he wouldn't be, you know, almost like he's the only leader who, I guess, helped de-dollarize the world and stand up to the United States and naive people cannot do that. So I don't think he's naive. I think he had to say that because China is their really good partner. And unlike Biden, who goes like, yeah, she's a bit of a dictator. And then Antony Blinken gets, gets a heart attack. <laughs> like, you know, he, he's just playing the field. That's what he's doing, I think. So and no Russians are under the impression that they can full heartedly trust Chinese people. That's not how it is. But though. But- I ignored the uh, comment section. Someone's saying BRICS. Yeah, BRICS was definitely discussed. And uh, Putin talked today about how much BRICS is growing and how America should really be concerned and how Putin basically called the U.S. an absolute idiot for doing what they did with the dollar, Mm -hmm. uh, basically to retaliate against Russia in the war, uh, doing sanctions against Russia, which forced Russia to do its own thing yep. and abandon the dollar. And he, Putin was like, that was dumb of you guys. 
So he was throwing those jabs at the U.S. Uh, left and right. Uh, let me see. Um, uh, Colin says China has very good influence ops. Mr. Wonderful says agreed, but his motives were still to put a spin that Russia invaded Ukraine when Who's that is true. Who's um, you're saying that Tucker's motive was to put uh, a spin. Uh, that's not, uh, that was not Tucker's motive at all. Russia did invade Ukraine. Russia invaded Ukraine. Yeah. In, uh, well, there was a military uh, operation, which is an invasion. So practically, yeah. And, yeah. I understand that some people in Donbass consider themselves Russian, but mm-hmm. it was Ukrainian lands. So, yeah. Like, okay. Cecil says that's probably why this was hyped so hard too with the neo-lib freak out. Um, okay. We're reading back to a previous part of the conversation. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure, but I know people freaked out about uh, Tucker. People think I'm actually interested. If you have more, uh, I'm interested what, what Americans think. So, yeah, I understand that the EU is thinking of, of sanctioning Tucker based on this interview. He did what Barbara Walters did. What made Barbara Walters great is she interviewed controversial world leaders to get insight on the minds because we can under, if we can understand how the other side is thinking, we can stop these misunderstandings that even lead to war. So I think it's great to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul says, yes, Putin sidestep and BS the question about China. Um, Arif said, I took it as Putin saying China doesn't have an aggressive foreign policy, but they have their own interests. Remember, Putin is a state man. He won't be there calling names or denigrating countries. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, that's what I said when we started this live stream, that what I liked is his conduct. He, he was very professional. He didn't show his hatred like Biden does and many others and call other people criminals and terrorists. And it's just like this labeling, you know, he was super diplomatic. He, he kept his cool. Yeah, I, I think it was great. Both of them did. I think Tucker did a great job. Um, and then Jim says, did Barbara Walters have a fling with Henry Kissinger? <laughs> Ew. Does anyone you know, Barbara wrote a memoir, which I devoured cover to cover as a young oh. journalist. And she talked about a fling she actually had with a senator, I believe. I with, and nobody knew about this fling until she writes her memoir. She spills the beans. I think he was even married at the time. And wow. she has this romantic. It wasn't with Henry Kissinger, but thank God. Oprah freaked out. Oprah gets a pre-copy of, of Barbara's memoir and is like, oh my gosh, Barbara had a fling with a black congressman. Um, <laughs> what? I didn't know that. No, so who knows who else Barbara had a fling with, but you never know. You never know. She, yeah. Was it? Yeah. She was such a career person. She struggled in the, in the romance department. She had multiple divorces, but she was a great journalist and she tackled these controversial interviews. And I, I think that what we saw from Tucker tonight was very reminiscent of Barbara Walters Mm -hmm. and anyone who wants to sanction Tucker for such an informative journalistic interview is insane. The way that Tucker asked the questions tonight was clearly looking through the minds of the average American or average Westerner who's just trying to figure out what the heck 
Putin is doing. Exactly. And so that should be admired. And that's my take on the interview. You know, I, you never answered uh, what you thought about Putin after the interview, because I'm sure that some stuff shifted in your head because so many, so much information was given. It's like two hours and something, right? So much was yeah. given. Yeah. It, it, a lot was given and it's always hard to tell what the truth is. But I will say that if it was true that he met with Ukraine and was ready to do a deal and pulled his troops out. And then Ukraine did not hold up their end of it. And so he's yeah, like, okay, it's, out there. it's been on media. Like, know, that, then, then that makes me think more highly of Putin, but for Putin to invade a country, uh, because of its own domestic issues, I still disagree with. Um, I don't care if, if it was, Nazis that the Ukrainians were fighting back. Let Ukraine deal with its own Nazis. Why do you have to go invade them? And yes, I know I'm, I'm sounding hypocritical as an American when my country does all this. Oh, let me go help this African country by dropping some bombs over there. Like my country does the same thing and I disagree with it. Yeah. I, I don't think that we should be fighting other people's battles. I agree, but that's not what he said, though. He didn't invade because of Nazism. He invaded because of this threat on his borders, which is a legit fear. Well, he named two things. Uh, he Three. He kind of went back and forth. They, that largely, he's saying, yes, the encroachment of NATO and not keeping their promises was a huge concern. But number two... This war was already going. He straight up said, we didn't start the war in 2022. The war was ongoing. It was a civil war between the Ukrainians and their Nazis. And he went in to help shut it down, he says. So that's his spin on this. He does a straight up invasion and says, it's not even my war. I didn't start it. I'm in there to Uh, shut it down. I disagree. That's not what he said. He said that it started in 2014 when America got into Ukraine and caused the coup and threatened Russian borders. That's exactly where it started. That that way, he he was not talking about inner conflict. He he mentioned it because in that inner conflict, many Russians died. What happened is they started killing Russians. That's that's the only reason he mentioned that. But he didn't say that that was the reason he went in. That's not the reason. The reason was because America and Britain so um, like just without any regard or remorse conducted a revolution and killed so many people on Maidan. And that was a red line. That was it. That's why he decided that, that even he even said that was that point where so, he that was it. What's interesting is he waited. That was 2014. He waits mm-hmm. until we have a weak president in the U.S. to go in and take over. And, and here's where I agree. Looking at this whole thing and then listening to back to what Trump said when Trump said, Trump first said after it happened that that Putin's a genius. I totally agree with Trump's whole point that got spun at that point is Trump was saying that Putin wants to go into something and win. Wait till there's a super weak president. That's the genius move is waiting. That's a good story, but it's not true. And I'll tell you why. Putin actually waited up until the elect Trump's election happened. So he hoped that Trump, because he was not part of the establishment, if people, I understand Russia is not your subject and this way you're unaware of this particular information. So 
What Putin did is he actually waited until somebody who was not part of the establishment came in and tried to negotiate with him, which is Trump, because he thought, well, there's no reason for war if I can actually negotiate with this guy. This is why Putin and Trump put, got put in the same pot and like, you know, Trump got blamed that, oh, you're Putin's man, whatever. No, it's just Putin many times said in many interviews that there's a hope for America and Russia to negotiate peacefully instead of with the military with Trump because he's listening to other people and others are not. So he waited. And when Trump came into the establishment, even though America's crazy Trump on crazy Trump train right now, he actually did not deliver on his promises on many of his promises. I'm not blaming President Trump because I know what he was up against. Right. So what happened is what this is why Putin was so clear. It's not about the president in America. And he was once again proven when Trump came in the office, that there's no negotiation with these people. Like, there's no point. So we have to do what we have to do. Trump left the office. He didn't win. Um, and Biden became the president, and that was it. For Putin, he knew that with Biden, like, it's only going to get worse. So he said a very interesting thing. If people actually listened to his interviews, they would know that all this information is out there. He said a very interesting thing. He said... Even back in when I was young, uh, Leningrad Streets, which is St. Pittsburgh now, Leningrad Streets taught me that if the fight is inevitable, then better be the first one to strike. And that's exactly what he did. He realized that they are arming Ukraine against me. They're putting missiles in Georgia, in Ukraine. They have biowebs, I mean, biolabs, which I know because I was there, I saw it. So... Fight is inevitable. I'm not going to be the idiot that gets demolished. Uh, so he conducted a military operation, which was a military operation, again, proven by colonels, generals, many times that it was not a full-blown war. He conducted a military operation, and NATO then turned that into a full-blown war by just arming without any end, uh, you know, Ukraine, and now we're talking about Poland and many more. So, yeah, so I think it was very enlightening. I think Americans needed this interview because not everyone has so much time to sit down and, you know, figure out what happened with, in Ukraine and their history and Russian history and our foreign policy. You know, our foreign policy experts don't know our foreign policy that well. And we are asking usual Americans to know it. It's almost impossible, you know. So I think this was great. Yeah. So the stories, you know, my point is the, the stories out of Russia as to why they're doing this turn out to be mm -hmm. accurate. Uh, Putin was reiterating the stories I've heard from Russia. So that was good to hear, you know, and it's still that's that's Putin's narrative. And a lot of my opinion on Putin and Russia hasn't changed. Uh, but, you know, maybe maybe I'm a little more open to Putin's what Putin's saying, but I'm not, I'm not on this Putin train and I'm shocked at the amount of Americans who suddenly think that Putin's the savior of the world. Well, I don't think that. they think that. I think they understand that he's correct. I don't, I don't think any of them will tell you that he's the savior of the world. He just oh, you'll be surprised, girl. <laughs> you should check my comment section. Sometimes. A lot of my, oh, I bet I they think that. Um, so, but I'm, I'm just skeptical of it all. And, uh, we got to think for ourselves here. Anyway, we got to wrap this up. It's been a robust conversation. Uh, Elizabeth's Patreon is down on, in my, uh, description. 
Elizabeth goes much more in depth into these foreign affairs than I do. Um, she's from Eastern Europe, from Georgia, so she's more of an expert on that. If you guys want to follow her, great talking to everyone, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. And all your peeps, that was good. <laughs> Yes, and we got a, a big story tomorrow, uh, follow-up yeah. with John Mark Dugan, the whistleblower on law enforcement and Epstein. So check out that. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. See ya. Bye. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new eBooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com.